right, man. The man, the myth, the legend, Burnell Washburn in the house. How you doing, brother? Yeah, yeah. I'm blessed, brother. Thank you so much for having me on, man. This is beautiful. Dude, same. I've, I've been so excited to podcast with you. We've been trying to do this for a couple months now. We've been, you know, just unable to connect, but I didn't really stress about it because I just knew that like, everything happens in divine timing and that you and I would connect right when we were supposed to. So and I can say from my end, like now is a, was a great time to do so. Yeah, I'm feeling like I'm in a, a really good space right now, and it's just like the perfect time for us to finally make this happen, so I'm stoked, bro. Dude, I'm yeah, so pumped on this episode, so yeah, so let's get into it. So you were telling me before off air um, that you listened to the episode with me and Drew today, and you got a really good, valuable insight in it. Do you want to share that? Yeah, yeah, it was a, a really touching episode. Shout out Winnie the Drew, like one of the most unique authentic cool humans I've ever met and I know he's your best homie so it's uh it was cool to listen to that episode and hear you guys tell some of your stories and just hear like one thing that really touched me was he was talking about your guys's trip to Europe and then how he spoke at my workshop and then opened up his tattoo shop and all these big things were happening just big moment after big moment just thriving on the, on some iconic levels and then the, t- the memory that stuck out to him through that whole time was pulling his daughter Oakley's tooth and how he realized like the small things are like the big things in a way. And I had like a similar experience with psilocybin one time where I just walked outside and took a sip of coffee and I had like just gotten back from being on tour and doing all these big things in the music industry. And I was like, yo, this, sipping this coffee and just listening to the wind blow through these leaves on this tree was like such a vibe and I realized in that moment that the little things are the big things and all the special little moments on the way you know like they say the journey is the destination it always is yep yeah that really reminded me that today just listening to your episode and it reminded me how powerful podcasting can be and how simply just listening to humans share their stories and their experiences can like remind you and awaken things in you and it's so easy to take things for granted you know and constantly be looking for the next big thing and you know you want to achieve big things and then that reminded me today like the small little things like he was talking about john stockton saying like oh don't you miss these big games or whatever and he was like man it's, it's the little things like riding with the homies on the bus and just the, the backstage locker room conversations and stuff were like the things that he missed the most about being an NBA star. And that was just a beautiful reminder, man. The little things are, are the big things and the, the journey is the destination. No, 100%. I agree with that. I'll, get, I'll give you an example, actually. So I was out in Michigan driving. I'm heading out to some insurance appointments. And I was like, I, was, I think I was listening to some like, like not like wholesome rap music. And then I was like, <laughs> you know what, I'm gonna listen to some of Burnell's music, so I was just kind of, I could feel my day kind of slipping a little bit, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna take a listen, there's small things like that, just that drive, I was like, dang, like, these lyrics really resonate with my soul, I feel good listening to this, and like, just took a moment to appreciate, like, the fact that you are able to create something so beautiful for other people, and that's one thing that's really cool about podcasting, is like, you may not, you may not resonate with every single thing that is mentioned in the podcast, but like, that one little nugget of information, like, can really give you some great perspective, so... So how did you end up podcasting? Like, what was your, were you called to do it? Or was it something that you kind of fell into or? 
Yeah, well, um, just to touch on one last thing involving that, like, the, it just reminded me today that, like, I've had, like, the best year of my life. 2020 has just been incredible. I've been just traveling to beautiful places with beautiful people, awakening. I've been attending all sorts of sacred ceremonies and retreats and festivals and just having the time of my life. And yet one of my favorite highlights of this whole year has just been eating oatmeal with my daughter, <laughs> watching Avatar The Last Airbender. That's a and good like, show. Yeah, and it's such a vibe, just like eating, eating our oats together and watching a show. Like that means just as much, if not more, to me than all the big accomplishments. So yeah, I appreciate how a podcast was able to remind me of that today. And I think that's kind of what got me inspired to podcast is because I was just getting so inspired by so many podcasts. When I started like the self-development journey, I started listening to Tony Robbins and Gary Vaynerchuk and Jack Canfield, all these like self-development teachers. And then it kind of became more into spiritual teachers and podcast just leveled me up so much. I was listening to like six hours a day of podcasts. And since I was a little kid, I've always just loved like sharing anything that's helped me with other people. Like if anything that I learned can benefit anyone and help them suffer less and enjoy life more, I just feel like I, it's almost like my obligation to help them. Exactly. It's like, that's exactly how I feel with it too, is like I've gone through this pretty crazy journey of like spiritual growth and development. And I feel like it's a disservice to not only myself, my mission and my purpose to come out and to not share this with people. Because at the end of the day, we just want to help end human suffering in any way that we can. I do believe that struggle is part of the process and we do have to struggle. But anything more than what we absolutely need to do is a choice. And so how can we help reframe people's minds and get them on a paradigm that's actually in their favor and help them ascend their traumas and identify limiting beliefs and work through those things? And like you said, it, it literally is like a duty. It's an obligation and a responsibility, I feel. And it's something that not many people are living in that paradigm currently. So it's like, how can we get more people living in that paradigm so we can ultimately live a, a heaven on earth, in my opinion? Exactly. And I think that's what we're building, you know. We're waking up and healing and co-creating heaven on earth, you know. We're, we're in a collective dream together, and a lot of us are becoming lucid in the dream. And, you know, I've, it's like... If you have a, a five-gallon jug of water and you see someone dying of thirst next to you, like, it would feel wrong to not offer them a cup of water. So that's how I felt like about podcasting. It was eventually, like, I just couldn't contain this within myself. I had to share it. It felt like a spiritual obligation, part of my mission, to just share my wisdom and have conversations that can uplift and inspire and heal and help people thrive. So that's just... That was coming through me forever, and then I finally just got sick of thinking about it and decided to just do it. You know, I like, I really am a big fan of taking messy action, like starting before you're ready, rather than waiting until you have everything figured out and you have all the right equipment and all the right skill sets and knowledge. Like, just start where you're at, do what you can with what you have, and just build it on your way. What's amazing, I, like, I've experienced the same thing where I'm like, no, I want to wave. Like, I haven't got enough reps in life to be able to like confidently stand here and, and speak my truth to people in hopes to help people. Like, I, I well, for a long time, felt like I wasn't prepared for it. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, you know what? Like, no, I am prepared for this because I have a crazy story to tell. I have an interesting story that, that I know could help people. 
And I think really the big thing is like focusing on the small things, right? Is like, we want to impact millions of people, right? But really it comes down to the power of one. Right. You know, just even if this episode impacts just one person listening to it, it's completely worth the time and the mm-hmm. commitment to doing it. So it's just really like kind of scaling things back and being like, you know what? We're just going to focus on one person at a time because one person making that change and making that commitment towards self and growth not only changes their life, it changes the trajectory of their whole family lineage Mm -hmm. and also anyone that they come in contact with. So when did you start like your, your deep self-development, your spiritual journey? Like how many years ago was this? And you know, what was that like at the beginning and what compared to where you're at now? Mm. So my like my awakening, my journey has gone through so many phases and it continuously evolves every day, you know, like we're we're constantly expanding through eternity and on this this dream through infinity. So about thirteen, fourteen years ago I was introduced to cannabis and psilocybin mushrooms. And those really brought me out into nature and helped me connect to myself. I started seeing that there was so much more going on and that I had been like programmed into such a small box. And then I finally saw beyond that box and I realized, whoa, like this is a magical universe. Everything's made out of energy. I'm so much more powerful than I ever was taught and that I ever realized. So I started kind of waking up through some of the plant teachers and that's what brought me into music. And so I started like just falling in love with music and I, d- I quit my job and just said I'm going to be a full-time musician now and I just spoke it into existence and embodied it into existence and just became it and I didn't wait for anyone to give me permission I just anointed myself and like I'm a musician now and I went home and quit my job after like a really powerful psilocybin experience and then just do, did music full-time and did what I love full-time ever since then so I've been self-employed for over a decade doing what I love and then uh, six years ago I had my daughter and that opened up a lot of shadows for me that I hadn't yet healed or integrated and so then it kind of opened up my second phase of awakening where I started doing a lot of shadow work and sort of you know diving into a lot of these teachers like Tony Robbins and like all these different self-development teachers and I started reading all these books and I was just like set on building an amazing life for myself because I wasn't where I wanted to be. I was like, I thought I would be so much further on at that age and I realized that I had so much to learn. So I started reading all these books, audio books, podcasts every day and I got so inspired and learned so much and I started applying all this amazing wisdom that was being brought forth by these teachers and I started actually, you know, doing what they were saying and my life got better on every single level. So I just kept going and going and I started spending a lot of time meditating, a lot of time out in nature and expanding my soul tribe, letting go of old toxic relationships and surrounding myself with people that I wanted to be like. I got clear on what I didn't want and then I started getting clear on what I did want and I was like, I wanna be around successful people, I wanna be around healthy people, I wanna be around fulfilled people and then people that are in their purpose, that are embodying a high frequency so I started consciously choosing to surround myself with those people and you know a lot of transition and then my third phase kind of came when uh, DMT and ayahuasca and uh, Wachuma different plant medicines started coming into my life and that just opened up like a whole another rabbit hole and 
<laughs> it's crazy too because like i mean i haven't delved into the like ayahuasca space or dmt space just yet um i to my understanding those are things that kind of find you when you're meant to find them so i'm not necessarily pressing the issue um, but i do know that when i'm meant to do them i will but it's really fascinating because like as you keep peeling back those layers of the the preconditioned self you really start realizing how much you have to learn how much you get to learn like how many things you get to learn rather than having to do these things you get to do these things and that was one big paradigm shift for me that i've experienced lately too is like i don't have to do anything you don't have to do anything you get to do yes. everything and when you change that that mindset of like i get to choose what i eat every day i get to choose who i spend my time with i get to choose what i what materials i take in and what content i consume right. like it empowers you because i i personally believe that most people walk around with a lack of empowerment They've given away their power. They've been told that they're lesser than what they really can be by one thing or another, like parents limiting beliefs or the government or et cetera, whatever it is. But like, all I want for humans to understand is how powerful they are more than anything. Yes. If humans knew how innately powerful and capable they were, they wouldn't be doing the things that they're doing. They wouldn't be living in those paradigms that they live in and living in those lower frequencies and it's really hard because I, I have a lot of empathy for the people who have been in those situations because we've both been there, right? Mm -hmm. Victim consciousness, lower frequencies, um, addictions, all those things. And like when you're in it, you're in it and you just don't see that there's a greater potential for your life. But right. do you have any advice for those people like who's in, who are in that situation right now where they just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel? They don't see a brighter future for themselves. Yes. Um, first of all, just getting honest with where you're at, being honest with yourself. If you're not enjoying your experience, that's okay. Just be honest with where you're at and acknowledge what's working and what's not working. Acceptance is like one of the first steps in transmuting any energies is like when you're trying to resist things, you just make them stronger. Whatever yep. you resist yeah. persists. Persist. Yeah, so first just accepting, hey, this is where I'm at and this is not where I want to be at. So, okay, what's in my power? What can I do about this? And how can I see this differently in a more empowering way? And, you know, we've been so heavily conditioned and programmed into giving our power away into thinking that, uh, you know, politics or things outside of us are determining the quality of our lives. And the more we meditate and look within and spend time in nature, the more we start to realize that we are God. Yep. We, there is only one being here. There is not the, you know, Burnell and Tyler. These are just different made up personalities of the same being and expressing itself in different facets. And so if we kind of start to rise above and see that, we begin to realize how powerful we are. You know, that we're working with the same energy that creates universes, galaxies, planets, and, you know, so... It's super, yeah, dude, I love that so much. So deep and, like, uh, so good. I, if we can get everyone to understand that, and not just understand it intellectually, but, like, embody that feeling. Mm. And understanding that, like, no one thing is more important than another. You're not more important than any human being on yeah. this planet, regardless of status, social upbringing. doesn't matter. Like, you're the same, you're made of the same thing that I'm made out of and the same thing that the stars and planets are made out of. Yep. And when you start realizing that, you don't play, you no longer 
have to play in the, into the duality that's been created yeah. in our lifetimes of, you know, you got to pick one side or the other politically. No, you can choose to not pick either one of them and not play into that duality of that, of that, our experience that we're having, because to achieve oneness, we need to realize that we are one as a whole. And one thing that was really fascinating is I just did that Cambo ceremony like four or five days ago and there was a fly in the room. And when I'm like, I was deep in the Cambo medicine, like in, towards the tail end of it. And this fly just flew up on my arm and just stayed there. You know, flies usually don't stay put, right. but like this fly, I, I couldn't have gotten it off of me. Like, you know what I mean? He just wanted to sit with me. And it was so important for me, from my perspective of understanding that that, that fly is just as important in all this as I am. Yes. Yeah, I think and, about that all the time, man. There's a quote that says, if you think you're too small to make a difference, try spending a night in a room with a mosquito. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, we are just all one being. So the, the mosquito, the ant, these are our, our sacred family. These are our brothers and sisters, and they are just as important and just as alive as us. And so it's really about unlearning, and it's really about getting over ourselves because the self is just a made-up you know, the identity, the person of Joe Dispenza says your personality creates your personal reality. And your personality is nothing but a mental construct that you, it's a story that we've told. So true. And that's, that's, I'm kind of in that process right now where I, I sit there and I think I'm like, I'm like, what am I and who am I? You take away the things that I know and the things that I identify with and to, like, what am I? I'm just pure consciousness. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm having a human experience on, on a physical plane. I'm a spiritual being having a, a physical experience in a physical body. And yes. at the end of that, at the end of that, that's like where everything kind of like levels out the playing field. Like you understand that you're so significant yet insignificant at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's just so, it's such a powerful feeling if you choose to let it. Because right. I definitely have been in that situation where I've realized that too and felt like so small and insignificant but now I look at it more like, okay, I'm like, I'm, I'm everything. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think Wim Hof said that your breath is as powerful as the entire ocean. Yes. And I've like really embodied that idea, like that ideology recently. And I'm like, every time I breathe, it's just as powerful because it comes from the same place. Yeah. Wim Hof actually came to me in my last ayahuasca ceremony. I was really cold and all of a sudden like he came, like a vision of him came to me in my mind's eye and he's like, the cold is your teacher and just like reminded me of the fire within and, and showed me how to just warm myself up through my breath and I just breathed into this fire in my belly and then slowly expanded this fire through my whole being and within two or three minutes just being mindful of my breath and, and visualizing this fire and I was just completely warm and I was like whoa that's, that's so so powerful it's just like on the metaphysical level, like we just are just now t- tapping into this infinite power that we have as humans and we don't really understand it very well. So it's very hard sometimes to like contextualize that and put it into words for people who haven't had the experience. And it's almost one of those things where it's like, you have to have the experience to understand it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we've, we've been sold a lie our whole life that, you know, by all these people that want to sell us things. Thinking yeah. That the medicine is outside of us, but we are the medicine, you know? We're, we've been sold all these illusions that we're so small and powerless when really, like, we are working with that infinite power, you know? It, well, so I was thinking about this thing the other day. I was talking to a friend, a good friend of mine, and I was talking to him about how we're, we have access to infinite energy, um, you know, soul energy, divine energy. 
So I was giving him an example. I was like, okay, if you're tired and then someone called you with the greatest news you could ever imagine in your life, how ecstatic you would be. Yes. And I said, where, where does that energy come from? Where did all that energy come from that you didn't have before, five minutes before that? You didn't eat anything. You didn't drink any water. Right. Where did that energy come from? And that really like signified to me and him that we always have access to it. Mm. It's just learning how to tap into that. Nikola Tesla talks about that too, is his like one wish was like being able to figure out how to tap into that infinite intelligence yeah. at will. And I think that's what a lot of us are collectively waking up to. We're starting to realize that, you know, we're so much bigger and more powerful than we ever realized. And now we can access this energy through things like meditation, plant medicines, community, you know, spending time in nature. And the more we, you know, turn off the television and, and look within instead, the more we get away from these devices that are designed to be super addicting and to keep us in this, you know, like you mentioned earlier, like the victim consciousness and looking externally for our happiness. Like once we silence those distractions, you know, I like to think about like the ocean, like on the ocean, on the, the surface, there's always waves, you know, the storms is really, you know, chaotic and crazy on the surface. But when you dive down beneath that, it's actually really calm and peaceful. Yes, sir. So it's like our mind, you know, there's all these thoughts all this thinking, all these stories that we're telling, and when we can meditate and rise above that or dive beneath that, we see that there's actually just this consciousness, what we really are, just loving awareness. Dude, it's, that's so crazy. I'm glad you brought that up because something that I've, with, with doing the Cambo ceremony was very eye-opening to me is like, even when they're positive stories like that you're telling yourself, it's still a story. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny to me, because I catch myself doing it, is I tell the same stories to multiple people and I identify with those stories. And then I realize as of late, is like, I don't have to identify with those stories if I don't want to. And you don't have to entertain those stories any longer than you, than you need to. And hey, where I'm at now versus where I was at before, kind of pretending to vic like victim consciousness is a lot of people identify with these stories of I'm poor, I'm sick, I'm unhealthy, I'm unhappy, I get taken advantage of. Like, mm -hmm. And you have to realize that you have the full power to transcend those stories and you don't have to identify with those stories. It just takes time and doing that deep inner work. Yeah, and as soon as you start telling new stories, you start experiencing new experiences because we are literally speaking our life into existence. The term abracadabra means as I speak, so I create. And that's why they call it spelling, because we're casting spells. We're divine magicians, divine storytellers. And certain times, stories will serve us for a while, and then it becomes apparent that they're no longer serving us. And then we have the opportunity to begin telling new stories that are more empowering. Like, for years, for at least the last decade, up until this year when I started working with ayahuasca, I was telling this story about my father, my relationship with my father, about how he's an asshole, he's not there for me, he doesn't love me, he doesn't respect me, all these things, you know, and that was my story, and I constantly talked about it, and I constantly felt the emotions of it, and, you know, thoughts are electric, feelings are magnetic, we're creating our reality in an electromagnetic energy field, so I was coherent in the energy field of thinking and feeling like my dad is, you know, not vibing with me, and all these negative stories surrounding him, and how he doesn't support me, all these things, and then as soon as I became aware of that story, I was like, this is just a story. This is not necessarily the absolute truth. This is just something, and for a long time, that story served me because that's 
telling that story helped me find the love within. It helped me become more independent. It helped me build like rather than you know receiving validation or support from him, I had to like learn to love myself because of, all right, if my own family doesn't see me and love me the way I want to love you know be loved, then I need to figure out how to see myself and love myself in that way. So it was for a long time it was a, an empowering story that really helped me. And then after a while, it became apparent that like I'm just creating this reality over and over again, and I'm only going to receive that version of my dad. As long as I continue to tell this story, then every time I interact with him, it's going to be in alignment with that story that I'm telling. So I switched the story, and I started saying, you know what? My dad loves me, and he's a beautiful man, and he just wants me to thrive. And he, we might have different worldly views and stuff, political views, but we don't. That's silly to let that separate us. And I started telling a new story, and all of a sudden, like unexplainably without even me telling my dad about this at all he started responding to me in a different way when he was texting me he started being so much nicer than he's ever been before and just like seeming more open and i was like wow just because i shifted you know we're gonna yeah. find whatever we're looking for and i stopped looking for the bad side of him exactly yeah and, and one thing i always like come back to is that the mind always wants to prove itself right so yes. if you're telling yourself hey my dad's an ass my dad doesn't you know, believe in me my dad doesn't love me the way i want to be loved your mind's gonna find the reasons that, to make that yes. reality for yourself. Same, and, it, and here's the thing I've realized with like universal law as well is if it works one way, it has to work the other way too. Mm. Like you can't just work on one side of the yeah. ball, it has to work mm -hmm. on the other side too. So that's when all the fun, star, fun stuff starts happening. You start having those breakthroughs and realizing that every single person in your world is just a mirror to you. Mm, yep. and, and that's a big thing too is like, um, with us trying to get on this podcast together is like I maybe I wasn't ready for Burnell to mirror me and vice versa from where we were at maybe two months ago right yeah. but right now we are I feel that so it's like just understanding that everything happens the way it's supposed to in divine timing mm -hmm. but everything that's one thing I've really been realizing is that every single thing is a mirror to you right yeah the entire universe is, is just a mirror showing us our, our own internal state everything we perceive in the external world is just showing you know if you perceive a lot of negativity or suffering or things in the world that you don't like that's just showing you where you have an opportunity to heal and then if you see beautiful i've been meeting so many beautiful people you know awakened divine goddesses and gods kings and queens that are just embodying like so much self-love and so they're in their power and I'm like, how come I didn't, I never used to meet humans like this before? And I'm like, oh, because I wasn't that human. Once mm -hmm. I became that human and embodied that frequency, all of a sudden, everyone I meet is on that vibe too. No, exactly, dude. That is one of the, like, the biggest things is like, as I've like transcended like my old self and stepped into a newer, more empowered version of myself, I start running into people who are more empowered, who are living in truth, who are genuine, who have, are very heart-centered. Like, they're just reflecting me. I'm on the frequency that they're on, and vice versa, too. I'm, I'm coming into their life. You know, it's not just me going into their life. They're coming into my life and vice versa. So, you know, they're, it's, we're mirroring them as well, if that makes sense. Like, exactly. Yeah, so, like, they're living on that frequency, and I'm coming into that frequency. So it's very synergistic in speaking, but... I think the biggest thing to know is like for people who are trying tr to transcend their old preconditioned self is knowing that it all starts within. Mm -hmm. It really does. And it's cliche and you hear people say it all the time, but you rarely hear people actually embodying it yeah. and, and can speak from that truth. I heard like a, a Disney lyric. I was watching, a, I don't know if it was Disney or Pixar or something like that. I was watching a movie with my daughter the other day and one of the lyrics said, um, when the answer looks too far away, look closer. 
And I thought that was a beautiful lyric because we're just, you know, so programmed into looking outside for the answers. And once we look within, then we can really see. Yeah, and that's a big thing too, is like just being able to be like, you're obviously in the game. Like we're in this game, we're in this spiritual plan, this physical plan, this spiritual um, body, but basically like not being attached to anything on the outside, yeah. right? Like you were just talking to me about your friend and like you just gave him your favorite crystal. Mm-hmm. Like most people would be like, no, I'm not gonna give up my favorite crystal. I'm not giving that away. Like that's my, that's mine. Like, but I think someone who's more like more spiritual, they're okay with letting that go and knowing that you gotta spend your time with it and that it's going to serve a good purpose. And mm-hmm. I think a big thing to being able to free yourself and not live in a victim consciousness is not being attached to outcomes, not being attached to material items. I think mm-hmm. that's super important. And it's something that a lot of people struggle with. Right, yeah. You hear a lot of spiritual teachers say, be in the world, but not of the world. So you're, we're navigating, you know, this dream on a 3D physical plane. And so there's material items and there's, you know, all these stories and physical things that are beautiful to experience but if you're caught up in only thinking that that's all there is then you're going to be super attached to that you're going to be scared to die because you think that you don't you know you don't know what's going to happen after that and when you can be in the world and not of the world you're you're basically saying that you're like a sovereign spiritual being that is so much more than just this body it's so much more than just these thoughts or these emotions these are temporary things that are moving through you that are actually inside of you your consciousness but your consciousness is infinite and eternal and made out of pure love i think that's one thing um are you familiar are you familiar with the uh, gene keys do you know what that yeah, is yeah you're the big big gene keys fan so my my top gene key is 28 which is um, basically overcoming the fear of death and one thing that's been really big for me is realizing that on a spirit level we live forever you know we're infinite you know i don't know necessarily what we go or what plane we survive on and live on but like understand that this physical body may not be permanent but we as spirit and soul we are infinite and then we do live forever and we're immortal and that that's been something that's really allowed me to navigate this space a lot easier and a lot more freefully essentially Exactly, and it's one thing to intellectually understand a concept like that, and it's a whole other thing to experience and know it. There's a difference between, you know, understanding and knowing, you know, you can intellectually carry an idea, like, I think I heard uh, Winnie the Truth talking about this on your guys' episode of, like, you can intellectually say, I'm grateful for my food, I'm grateful for mm-hmm. my house. And that's a, there's a big difference between just intellectually saying that with the logical mind and then like actually feeling that with the heart and really embodying it like tears of joy. When, when Drew spoke at a workshop, he was talking about how one time he just was so moved by the beauty of the mountains, he started crying. And one of this girl that's actually one of my coaching clients now was telling me like, yeah, when I first heard him say that, I thought it was kind of cheesy or whatever because I never experienced anything like that. And I just kind of thought it was like almost like some silly hippie kind of stuff. And then she had an experience like that a few months later and then she got it. And she was like, I've never been like actually that grateful. And she just cried because she realized that she had been her whole life taking everything for granted and never actually felt it. She thought she was she thought she was grateful, but it was all in the head and not in the heart. Yeah, that I mean, I've had those similar experiences like myself. And I think what's really cool about that is I think had he not said that and her become aware of that possibility, she never would have experienced mm-hmm. it because I've had that happen on a couple occasions for myself. Um, 
one example is I had a friend tell me about her psilocybin experience, about how she saw sacred geometry all across the sky, all the stars connecting, all these really cool experiences. And I'm like, I've never had that before. Sure enough, the next time that I, had, I took a psilocybin trip, I was at a music festival and I look up and nothing but sacred geometry across mm. the sky and the stars connecting. And I know for a fact, had I, she not told me that, yeah. I wouldn't have had that experience because she made me aware of that, that right. potentiality. It's like the four minute mile, you know, when, mm-hmm. when Roger Bannister first ran, I don't know if it's four minute, eight minute, whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's four. four minute, okay, so yeah. When, yeah, when he first ran the four minute mile, before scientists had already said for hundreds of years that it was physically impossible to do that and then as soon as one man breaks what we think is physically possible all of a sudden hundreds of people you know high school kids run four minute miles now like it's nothing it's nothing yeah exactly that's a great story i I love that story too because i think it was it was he robert bannister ran it and then next year was 36 and then the next year is like 500 people ran it yeah and it's now just it's common, you know, and it's it's just op- expanding the collective consciousness onto what's possible. And so, like, once once a human starts flying and breaks and shatters our illusion of what we think gravity is, and we all of a sudden realize, oh, all this science that we thought was for sure like so true, has now been disproven because someone, you know, multiple people have flown now, and then all of a sudden, hundred, you know, all of us start flying. You know, and I think that could be stuff like that could be possible. I think it's so powerful. And I think that ultimately comes back down to one core principle, which is belief. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't believe that you can do something, then it's not going to happen. Going back to the conversation we were having about how the mind wants to prove itself right. Mm-hmm. Like the mind's going to prove itself right. So you might as well use it to, you know, have the things that you want to have in your life and the experiences that you want to have because right. it will prove itself right. So if you believe you can run a four minute mile, I guarantee he believed that he could do it. Yeah. He, he wasn't living in that limiting belief of I can't do it. It was almost like, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to do it. Right. And I believe that I can do it. And everything starts with the belief and then followed by, you know, consistent action. Yeah, and I think that's part of what we came to Earth School to do is to help wake up the consciousness and shift the paradigm of what's possible so future generations can thrive even more. You know, if we come here and shatter the limitations, then, then our, our grandchildren don't have to grow up with those same paradigms those same limitations because we've already broken through them dude that's let's segue right into that so let's talk about breaking family generational bad habits and ties and ancestral traumas because i do feel that a lot of people that are our age i I assume for yourself myself included is we're going back and correcting wrongs and things that aren't going to be able to survive in this new world that we're going to be living in in the future so like have you had any experiences like that with breaking ancestral traumas and things like that? Yes, yes, that's a, a whole rabbit hole for sure. Yeah. I've done so much shadow work, so much um, quantum healing, hypnosis, QHHT, um, so much just different types of hypnosis and meditations to heal that. And then working with the plant medicines, especially ayahuasca and La Chuma, which is the San Pedro cactus uh, mescaline have really put me in touch with healing that. So part of it is just noticing how that energy is is manifesting itself in your life and then accepting it and loving it and then transmuting it. So for me, like for one example, I noticed in my own family that a lot of my aunts and uncles and cousins and people in my extended family were gossiping a lot about each other, behind each other's back and I was able to catch that one day and say, hey, let's just 
let's nip this in the bud so our grandchildren aren't doing this. What should, how about we only talk about each other if we're speaking words of love and if we have something not so pleasant to say about another family member, let's listen to the golden rule and just not say it because we're just going to continue this cycle until we all learn this lesson and our mm -hmm. family's going to keep doing this. And then when I was working with Wachuma, I had a beautiful ceremony with a men's group and it was my first time being in like an all men situation where I was just with five dudes at this cabin, two dudes that I just met that day. Um, one of them was like 60 some years old and uh, we all just became like soul brothers by the end of the experience. And it was beautiful to be like, just like touched and held. We were doing work, like Reiki work and, and massage and stuff like that on each other. And it was beautiful to allow myself to receive, receive healing and receive physical touch and and vulnerability especially with other men and then I had this experience where I was thinking about uh, my grandpa who passed away and I was thinking about this you know how he brought me out into Canada and we spent two summers fishing and camping all across Canada just me and him and in a way it kind of taught me how to be a man and like connect me with the land and how to fish and camp and all these things and I was thinking about that and then his like spirit, his light body, it came into the space with us and I started telepathically talking to him. And I realized, like he basically told me that the reason that he gave himself cancer was because he didn't allow himself to receive. He as a man was in, in like this old toxic masculinity paradigm where you know men can't be vulnerable, we can't cry, we can't show our emotions, we can't express any sign of weakness because we have to be the provider, we have to be the rock, we have to be the strong one for everyone in our life. So he spent his whole life just giving and serving and helping everyone and he didn't take care of himself and he didn't allow himself to receive and he didn't allow himself to be vulnerable and in touch with his own emotions and that ultimately manifested into cancer, you know, and took his life younger than, you know, it needed to be. And, you know, it's all divine timing, obviously, but he kind of expressed to me that, hey, you don't have to carry that tradition on. You can break that pattern. You can break that cycle by allowing yourself to be vulnerable and allowing yourself to receive. You don't have to have it all figured out all the time. You don't have to pretend like you have it all together. You can allow yourself to be vulnerable and receive, and that's one of the most masculine things that you can do as a man. So it was like this huge lesson, and I just felt like, Right as I said that, like my homie was like, I see your grandpa standing above you. And I looked up and I was like, sure enough, his light body was right there. And he, yeah, just basically told me, hey, you don't have to carry on this pattern anymore. And then I just felt so strong in my masculine power after that. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. It's so amazing, dude. Like it's, it's so relieving to be able to rid yourself and, and release those those things that weigh you down that you don't even realize that you're doing. You know, it's something that's been happening as a family, in the family, person after person, man after man, and being able to alleviate yourself of that allows you to step into an even, even more powerful version of yourself, of understanding like, okay, I, I know when I need to take good care of Burnell, and I know that by taking good care of Burnell, I can take better care of other people more intelligently. Exactly. It's so, it's so amazing to me, because a big thing for me that keeps coming through is like, in regards to our health, our health, a lot of times is energetically a manifestation of something that's going on. So like for your grandfather, like 
you know, taking care of everyone led to burnout, which caused his body to not be able to fight off the cancer or, you know, be in a state where cancer can't survive, you know? So it's just really important to, again, the small things, taking that step back and making sure that you take good care of yourself because we're living in a crazy time right now. You know, I think everyone's really drained. Like, it's a collective. Like, we're going on, like, eight months of this quarantine, and people are just, you know, they're tired of it for one reason or another. They want to get back to normal, or they're just tired of the experience. And this now is a good time to be reflecting. Now, this 2020 has been a great year for reflection. Yeah. I think it's been, we're having some huge shifts in the collective consciousness. But a big thing I want to touch on, too, is just understanding that there's enough abundance for everyone. Mm-hmm. There's enough on this entire planet to give everyone the abundance that they could ever need, want, desire, 10 times over. Fully, I fully know that to be true. The entire, the entire universe is just pure abundance. We don't manifest abundance. We manifest blockages to abundance. Abundance is naturally present in every aspect of the universe, and only our own stories can block us off from receiving this abundance and being out of integrity with our soul and being out of harmony with mother nature that's what creates scarcity and lack and the illusion of not having enough the only reason there's people uh you know without clean water and clean food and places to live on this planet is not because there's not enough food it's not because there's not enough water there's plenty of that stuff it's just we aren't using the resources wisely because we're not in harmony with nature and we're not in harmony with nature because we're not in integrity with our own spirit with our own soul how do you think we can come more into alignment with that then it's starting to be the change we wish to see to look within and be honest with ourselves about what's working and what's not working and not pointing fingers or blaming or shaming or guilt tripping anyone to change their ways but just embodying the highest vibration within ourselves you know for me I've just slowly been shifting my ways and it's just been a journey, you know, it started with like five or six years ago, I I stopped drinking um, water bottles, like I used to buy just cases and cases of water bottles from Costco. And then I started realizing, hey, this is not really sustainable for the planet, this is not really integrity with how much I love Mother Earth and this is just polluting the environment and it's not, plus they're just putting tap water in plastic bottles so you're just, you know, paying extra money to pollute the environment and harm your body so you start waking up to small things like that and you just change your ways you know and it's not I don't say that to make anyone feel bad or anything like that I just started realizing that I needed to be the change I wish to see so I made one small shift okay I'm not I'm getting a five gallon jug and I'm refilling that now instead of getting the the, the water bottles every time and then what's what's yeah. cool now is you drink better water you know we both drink the same type of water mm-hmm. you know calling the machines and does definitely help with elevating our frequency. It's almost like a reward, you know, for, you know, not using plastic bottles and things yes. like that. But those small things really do make a big difference. And, and as you keep elevating your consciousness too, like you can, you can celebrate those small things, like those small wins. Like most people will be like, oh, no big deal. You switch from plastic to a five gallon jug. But for us, it's like, yes, like I'm, I'm partially fulfilling my purpose here by, you know, yeah. reducing impact. And if a hundred million people do that, like how much cleaner are the oceans? Exactly. How much healthier are the dolphins and the turtles? And it's a world in, we're all interconnected with every single being. And you know, we're all one big being, one sacred family. And our actions really do impact this whole collective. So it's about become, you know, waking up to what we value. You know, and when we start to really appreciate things, like we sort of appreciate having water and clean food, and then 
we don't just want that for ourselves we want that for everybody so we have to start looking at our ways and being the change we wish to see and it's you know not always easy but it's worth it and you know if any to any degree that any of us just make small little shifts it's just a blessing for the whole collective it truly is and it's kind of like what a uh, logic talks about with like the egg theory right it's like what you do to yourself and what you do to others is essentially what you're doing to yourself so what you're doing to the planet is what you're doing to yourself you know right. what i do to you is you know i'm doing this to myself because we're all one and the same and mm-hmm. the more that we understand that you're like okay well i, I want to receive love i want to receive abundance so yeah. if i can give love and give abundance to other people i'm going to receive it back and one thing that I've noticed personally, just in my experience and interaction with the universe and everything around us is that as you give, you receive like 10 times more back. And it's like, it's almost like this game with the universe of like, oh, well, I just saw you did that good thing for somebody. I saw you, you know, went out of your way to make the world a better place. Okay, boom, it's coming back 10 times over. Like, I'll give you an example, super small, but I, I saw it in action within the same day is I was in Detroit working. I mean, anybody who lives in the United States knows Detroit is probably one of the poorest, most impoverished places in the United States. It's run down. You know, no one lives there. It's really sad. But I was just giving homeless people money. You know, that's all I had. I'd give them a few bucks here, a few bucks there. And then I went into a gas station to buy some water. And I went to go pay for it. And, well, first off, the, the gas station attendant stopped me. And I was like, dude, your tattoos are so sick. And he like... He was looking at my tattoos and I was talking to him about them a little bit and kind of my experience. And then I went to pay for it and I lost my card. Mm. And the guy was like, you know what? No, I got it. I'll pay for your water. Like Uh, seeing your tattoos is worth it. And I was like, yeah, I was just like, you know, even though like that's really like small and people, most people would consider that insignificant. I look at that like, dang, like karma paid forward. And I was really appreciative of that. And luckily I was able to find my card as well. Mm. Beautiful. So what, uh... What do you got in the future? What's the what are you working towards? What's your what are your passions? What are your goals? What are your dreams for the planet and for yourself? Mm, I love that question. Thank you for asking. Um, I've been twenty twenty has been really grounding me into the present. Since there's you know uncertainty, in terms of like when we might be able to do certain things and travel and things like that, um, I think it's kind of forced. Yeah forced us collectively in a beautiful way to ground more into the present moment and to, like you said, become more reflective and to hopefully, you know, a lot of us have had a lot more time to go within and just get in touch with ourselves and, you know, the word meditate means to become familiar with, so hopefully we've had some time to meditate and become familiar with ourselves and I know I have big time and I started getting really clear on the life that I want to live and it just keeps expanding because the universe is for constant expansion and growth and I think that's what we're a big part of what we're here to do so I have a beautiful vision for the new earth that we're stepping into the heaven on earth that we're co-creating where so many people are healed with their hearts open and we can come together as a community and start living more sustainably um, and that can involve things like permaculture and growing our food and living more in community spaces and letting go. I don't think we're going to tear down the old system. I think we're going to build a new system that makes the old system obsolete. You know, big pharma, healthcare, education, big food, all these industries have billions of dollars of old money and, you know, rich, mostly rich old white people running the show and trying to go 
to war with them and, and tear them down is only going to create more, you know, what we resist. So I think we're not going to go to war with that. We're going to just build new. Like a lot of, I've seen a lot of people waking up and doing the inner work, healing themselves. So then they can, you know, we can't give out anything we don't have. We can't serve from an empty cup. So I see a lot of people filling their own cups up right now and then collectively sharing their gifts and a lot of people are getting land and going off grid and starting to be more conscious about how we're voting with our dollar you know every every penny that we spend we're putting these companies into more power you know it's it's not about whether you voted for Trump or Biden or whoever it's about did you vote for Coca-Cola or McDonald's or who did you give money to today that's who you put in more power and that's what you were creating more of for a collective so I'm speaking into existence for all of us that we're going to become more mindful and more heartful and more conscious just about all of our ways and how it's impacting each other and um, I can't you know change anyone outside of me I can just be the change I wish to see and hopefully that might inspire some people around me um, but in the, in the mere immediate future I have a lot of beautiful things coming up so like this whole year I've been doing different retreats and festivals and workshops and Probably one of the best things that was birthed out of this whole COVID thing for me was I got inspired to start teaching weekly meditation classes because meditation has absolutely transformed my whole life. It took me from being depressed, like borderline suicidal at times, to having my car repossessed and getting evicted and um, turmoil with relationships and all these things. And took me from that to like, heaven on earth I'm just so blissed out I'm just like I just love existing so much it's so fun to just be here and be alive I just love it and I I started waking up to so many deeper levels of myself and loving myself so much more and I, I was just inspired to start these weekly meditation classes and that's been one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done so we do it every single Monday usually around like 20 to 40 people show up and we sit around in a circle and we meditate and we do sound healing and we talk and we have a little integration circles where we share our intentions and connect with the tribe and it's been really healing and empowering for all of us and it's just like it's so, so fulfilling i leave like just glowing and beaming i'll get in my car to drive home after that just feeling like this is the best day of my life every Monday it feels so good so we're gonna continue doing that and we're calling in our own space because at first I started it in the park because all the venues were closed because I'm a musician I've made my living off of being in the music industry for over 10 years like performing shows that's how I pay my bills selling CDs and you know rapping on the mic and selling beats and then COVID happened and all of a sudden I didn't have these shows. So I started having to be, get more creative and mm -hmm. find different ways to bring in income and to, and to connect, you know, way more important than the money I was making. It's like I wanted to be around other like-hearted, like-minded people and just connect. And so I started doing these meditations at the park and then now we're doing them indoors at this place called Natural Law Apothecary, which is a beautiful space in Salt Lake City. And it's amazing it's just a little bit small for our classes so I'm calling in a space I'm, I'm working on building a community center where we can host high vibrational workshops and gatherings and sound baths and meditations and ceremonies and even concerts and then we can have all sorts of healing things like uh, infrared saunas and float tanks and all the things that can just like 
the ultimate center for people to go to like up level and optimize their whole mm-hmm. being like their mind their body their soul we can just come together and thrive in this space so that's what i'm building right now and i i, I think i feel that the thing is is that people need spaces like that as more and more people become awake and aware and conscious they don't know where to, they don't necessarily know where to go um in a lot of ways like professionally or even just having a sense of community because it's yeah. you know like i like to say like we're we're the, we're the cavemen of consciousness mm-hmm. Like, we're just rediscovering our consciousness, you know, again, you know, I believe we had it in the past, but, you know, due to certain things and the way that the world was constructed, you know, we kind of lost that, but we're rediscovering that and people need a place to go. So the big thing that I pulled away from what you just said was I admire the fact that you didn't live in victim consciousness when all this happened because so many people went into that place, myself included for a little bit in some ways. And I admire you for stepping up and getting creative and using your higher faculties to create something better for yourself, something more prosperous for yourself. And the people and the people need a guiding light like that. So I appreciate you. I appreciate the quantum vision workshop that I got to attend that you put on for everybody. And just creating those experiences for people is so fulfilling. Like it's it so really important. Is. Yeah. Thank you for for seeing that and, and reflecting that back. And that's something that I would like to celebrate and appreciate myself for as well because yeah I could have easily gone into victim consciousness like oh all my money's gone I can't pay the bills now life sucks da, da, da. yeah government government's fault someone's yeah. fault my job's oh, fault it's, it's like COVID's fault whatever I chose to just see you know I like like you were saying in your episode Winnie the Jew I keep bringing it up because I just listened to it on the way here and it's fresh on my mind and it was just such a powerful episode um guys talked about how like gratitude is a muscle and the more you focus on what you're grateful for the more you build up the gratitude muscle then it becomes easy for you to be grateful Mm -hmm. the other day i heard someone say we were going around in a circle and everyone was talking about what they're celebrating and this one homie that was kind of new to our group and kind of maybe like barely started his whole like spiritual journey he's like i don't have anything to celebrate my life sucks right now and it, it kind of broke my heart, and it, but I related to that. I was like, I've been there before. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what it's like to feel like that. I'm so far from that now because I've worked the muscle. I've, it is. I've gone to the gym. You know, when you go to the gym, you're not going to just, like, squat 300 pounds your first time. You're going to need to build it up. And so I've built up the gratitude muscle, and I've built up the optimism muscle. Yeah, and getting back to, like, that the story you were talking about earlier with the chick who hadn't had those experiences that Drew was talking about where you can just be grateful for like that chair because it's so nice to sit in and yeah. enjoy and like spend time with your friends and family in that area. Um, it, it's a muscle. It takes buildup because I remember when I first started my gratitude journal, I'm on my third volume right now of my gratitude journal. And at the beginning I go back and look, I went back and read some of them. And it was like, I remember it was like pulling teeth, trying to find things to be grateful for when in reality, nothing's changed in my life. It's just the, the lens that I view the world mm-hmm. through. Now it's like, I can be grateful for anything. I can be grateful yeah. for these microphones that are so amazing that capture our the essence of our voice and our raw emotion in our podcast so that way we can share it with people. Like I can find gratitude in absolutely anything now and it's yeah, so beautiful. Yeah, so much to be grateful for and when you can become grateful for the challenges, that's when you really Jedi level up because mm-hmm. I started, I developed the gratitude muscle when times were the hardest. I just knew because mm-hmm. I'd been through other hard things before and they had made me stronger so I just... I was like, okay, anything that went when my, my car got repossessed. I, I started crying because my car got repossessed on my birthday, and I was having a really low-vibe day. I didn't get, like, no one in my family wished me happy birthday. I didn't get any birthday presents from anybody. 
because I was on such a low frequency where I didn't think I deserved yeah. any of that love. So I was blocking all that. People wanted to probably give me gifts and be there for me, but I was blocking it all off because I was just, I had this cocoon over myself thinking I didn't deserve anything. The mind proved itself right. Yeah, and um, I I remember when my, my I watched them drive away, and it was like, I was this nice $15,000 Volkswagen that I loved. And it was like, uh, it was a dream that I manifested because that same car was on my vision board like a year before and I got what I wanted, but then I lost it because I just, I fell into a scarcity and a lack frequency and I couldn't make the payments or whatever. And I remember tears coming down my face and I walked over and I sat down on the curb and I said, this is, I'm so grateful for this. This is one of the best things that's ever happened to me. I know this is going to make me so much stronger. I'm going to appreciate this so much. And same thing with when my mom passed away. It was really hard for me because she was like my one person that really saw me and supported me my whole life. And, you know, watching her pass away, I immediately said, I'm so grateful for this. Like, thank you, universe, for helping me. Since then, I've appreciated the gift of life so much more and, and mm -hmm. my relationships so much more. And I've been more present with people and it just helped me in so many ways and it's connected me deeper in the spirit realm. And, so I've been able to develop the gratitude and the optimism muscle in the midst of like the greatest challenges because I just like, okay, I firmly believe that it's not happening to me, it's happening for me. Mm -hmm. It's a blessing in disguise. It's here to help me grow. These, the pain, the struggles, the suffering, this is all here to help me thrive and become the man that I want to become. And when you start calling in new levels of life and when you commit to leveling up, you have to go through the fire and the fire is, it has to burn away anything that's in the way of that anything mm -hmm. that's not your true essence needs to get burned away and it's painful to have that ego death and it's painful to you know i had a lot of uh ego involved in like having a car and having a place to live and being a provider and i had to learn to love myself without that stuff yep 100 percent. that's that's something that i've experienced this year because i've had this very like up and down like roller coaster from like almost being homeless to you know buying like a dream first home which I'm so grateful that we're sitting in being able to podcast in right now to like having less this year because of like just trying to navigate through a new space and trying to master something that has a lot more upside in my life, but I have to learn how to do it and understanding that right now, as I sit here on this couch, I'm the happiest I've ever been with less than I had last year and the year before that in regards to like monetary gain and things of that nature. So just understanding that I don't need to have anything on the outside of me to be happy and feel fulfilled. Yeah. And actually, like we talked about off air is like needing nothing attracts everything, everything. Yep. attracts everything you could ever want in your life. That's the best quote, because think about it like when you're when you're just whole and complete, then you're going to attract things that are whole and complete. You're, you're not attracting what you want. You're attracting what you are, what mm -hmm. you are embodying. So. If you want money, the, the, the more you want something, the more you're telling the universe that you don't already have it and that it's separate from you and you're putting it on a pedestal. That's why I struggled with money so much because I, I put money on this pedestal and I thought I would be so happy if I had this, you know, if I'm making $20,000 a month, I'll be, I'll be so happy because I'll be able to do this, this and that and then I'll be so, and I was putting my happiness external and so the universe had to take away everything so I could learn how to, to go within and love myself within because it was basically just like hey you're you're making you're causing your own suffering by looking outside well what would have happened is let's say you get to that point where you're making twenty thousand dollars a month you would have become used to the stimulus of having that in your life that everything would be become bland again and then yeah. you wouldn't have anything to be reaching for because it'd be like oh what forty thousand dollars a month yeah. and then before you know it 
you're the guy that's making $100,000 a month and you're miserable right. and you have nothing and you have nothing to turn to. You have nothing to blame. And then it, it can be a really slippery slope because you have everything at your disposal at that point. And what changed a huge thing, I'm glad you brought this up, was you had a podcast that I listened to that talked about your relationship with money mm-hmm. and how when you act clingy towards it, you become that clingy boyfriend in the right. relationship. And what happens when you become clingy you push it away. Yeah. It doesn't want anything to do with you. And it's, it's like a cat. The more you want to pet a cat, the more that cat wants to run away from you. But if you just chill in, that cat will eventually come up and snuggle up. Exactly. No, 100%. Dude, that, I, I remember listening to that when I was out driving on my commute when I was in Michigan. I was like, I was like, damn, Burnell knows what's up. And it's crazy because I remember that day from what I remember or that weekend trip that I took. Like It was one of the best weekends that I had had. I wasn't going into the situations like seeking money. I was seeking the, that person's best interest when I was there, which ultimately manifested into me receiving more money, you know, because I cared about the person more than I cared about the material item. Yeah, because like I said, the universe will give you more of what you are, not more of what you want. If you're, if you're wanting it, then you're just saying that you don't have it. And the more you put it on a pedestal and make it super important, the more... The universe kind of keeps it from you. Repel it from yourself because you, you know, you need to learn the lesson that the, the fulfillment comes from within, not from some external achievement or numbers or accolade or whatever. And there's so many people that don't. I'm grateful to have learned that early in life because there's 60 year olds that are still chasing more money. And you know, I've heard this one dude say like, I went through like three phases of my life. I thought like, first I wanted um, more stuff. And then I thought I needed nicer stuff. And then I thought I needed different stuff. And then finally I realized I just needed less stuff. <laughs> I love that. That's so good, dude. Like, uh, dude, this has been, like I was telling you off air, like in between these, uh, this intermission, like the best podcasts are the ones where you're talking and 45 minutes, an hour goes by. It feels like it's been 10 minutes. You get off the mics and you're just like recharged and ready to go get after it. And, that's how, that's how I'm feeling right now, and I appreciate you for making the time for me and the podcast and the listeners for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Dude, I'm so grateful that you invited me on, and um, I just I adore and appreciate everything that you're doing, the energy that you are, and the, just the divine masculine that you're embodying, and I know that we're going to continue to just build and do so many wonderful things together. Like, you know, it really does feel like we've only been chatting for a minute and we just scratched the surface on so many cool topics. So I look forward to doing some follow-up episodes and um, love, love, love to have you on my podcast, Wake the Love Up, because I know just you're a carrier and a bringer of so much deep wisdom that can really benefit a lot of people right now. Dude, thank you. I appreciate that so much. I actually have not been on another person's podcast yet so that would be a first and i would be honored to be on your podcast first actually yes i would love that i want to get you on there i want to get drew on there and hopefully you can make it to the the quantum vision workshop we're doing round two of that on december 12th so we'll uh we'll set the intention right now that i'll be there yes i'll make it happen like it's one thing that's been super fascinating as we kind of wrap up is kind of like a good thing that I've been learning like as of late is like when you say something like that you set the intention it's already done and so it is it's already done it's just it's just time and time energy and and follow through and integrity so I'll make sure that I'm there 
Beautiful. Yeah, man. It's like the more intentions that we set, the better life gets. I've been becoming extremely intentional with everything mm -hmm. that I do. I, one cool thing, just to give like a last little tidbit of wisdom before we wrap this up, is like a thing called segment intending. What's that? Where you intend for a certain segment of your day to go a certain way. So you could say like the first segment is um, getting up and brushing your teeth and taking a shower and, and eating breakfast or whatever. And that's going to take two hours or so. Okay, so you say, all right, from this next two-hour segment, my intention is to be the most present that I can be and just be in body in a super high frequency. Okay, boom. And then you, your, your next segment, like, I set the intention um, when I was up hiking today. And I said, okay, I got about three hours until I need to be at Tyler's house for this interview or this conversation. So I intend for the next three hours, I'm going to go home. I'm going to take a magnesium salt bath and get in a beautiful meditation, be on a high frequency, and then I'm going to listen to like some high vibe stuff on the way over there, and I'm going to have a beautiful drive where the whole time I'm driving over to his house, I'm just going to be feeling really good, building up beautiful energy, so I'm like overflowing. And by the time we hit record on the episode, we'll just be in the flow and be able to deliver a beautiful conversation so I just I set intentions for different segments of my day and it's mind-blowing how they always end up being exactly how I attend you know mm -hmm. even when I go to bed I say okay I'm about to fall asleep I intend that I'm gonna sleep amazing tonight have beautiful dreams and wake up just feeling super refreshed tomorrow and I'm gonna wake up in the best mood ever tomorrow and then every then the next morning I wake up and I'm like oh my god and what's crazy about that too is you're you're reinforcing and reconstructing your neural synapses yes. on like on a, a scientific level is what you're doing so it's like again we've said this like five times in the episode you're proving the mind right mm -hmm. so understand that as much as you can prove yourself right in a negative way you can also do it in a positive way and i i, I see that you're mastering that and it's it's trans translating into an amazing life and a great experience that you're having yes i'm just I'm so, so, so grateful, like, to all the mentors and the podcasts and the audio books. That's, you know, that's the reason I agreed to come over here, because I value my time so much. Like, I don't care to, to come have a two-hour conversation about just something random or just, like, boosting up my ego about all of my accomplishments and how cool I am or something. Like, I want to deliver something that can impact someone's life, because mm -hmm. I know how much they've impacted my life. and. It's paying it forward. Yeah, I'm just, I'm so, so, so grateful for all the podcasts and books that I've listened to that have helped me learn some of these things that have made my life genuinely better. And mm -hmm. now, like, I truly can say that I do not know uh, any human being alive that is, like, happier and more stoked on life than me. And I have a lot of friends that are on the same vibe. And I know, mm -hmm. like, you and, and Drew and a lot of these people are, like, embodying that frequency. And I just want all of us to be on that because it's such a miracle to exist, like, it's so it's just so light and free and fulfilling and, and effortless that's the best yeah. way it's just it's just flow it's in flow and i guess the last question i want to ask you i ask every guest that i have on what does it mean to you to be in flow mm, i love the flow state i actually delivered a a workshop up at this uh, reggae rise up festival last summer where i did a workshop called like the flow state and it was all about tapping into the flow and to me it's it's a state of instant effortless manifestation and synchronicity, synchro destiny, alignment. Things are just flowing one thing after another. And it's funny, one thing I, I do 
every day now as I play the drum, like the djembe, mm -hmm. or the bongo, and just, it puts me into a flow state, and I do a lot of freestyle rapping, and that helps me get in the flow state of where, like, you're not thinking as hard, you're not necessarily using the intellectual, rational mind as much, you're kind of more, you're, you have the brain-heart coherence, and you have a heightened sense of intuition and psychic abilities to where you don't need to think, you're just being, you're just doing, and everything is flowing, and it's like, the more we listen to our hearts and do what lights us up, the more we can access that flow state where like, it's just blessings on blessings on blessings and miracles and magic unfolding around every corner and it doesn't even seem like you're having to effort or like make it happen or force it to happen. You're just allowing it to happen. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's, that's one of the best answers that I've heard. Most, one of the most well-rounded answers that I've heard um, by far, without a doubt. So I thank you for that. And it, it, it is effortless. It's just enjoying the human experience for what it is, the whole range of emotions, the whole range of experience. And I, we want more people to experience that on a day in and day out basis because we, we know that it would make the world a much better place. Yeah, and let's have fun while we're doing it. Let's remember to smile and sing and dance and laugh and play and hug each other and not get too caught up in the ego mind and the illusions of just taking things so seriously. Like mm -hmm. it, it, it's a okay to have fun and just allow things to be playful you know and the more playful I get it seems like life just keeps getting better and better and I think that you know we weren't we didn't come here on this planet just to suffer we can learn a lot through suffering and struggling but we can also learn so much through just joy and play yes sir it's about getting back to that childlike state that's mm -hmm. what it comes down to so yeah they say if you want to access heaven you must do so like a child yes sir how can everyone find you what's the best way to get in touch with you um, I'm on Instagram a lot. It's just at Burnell Washburn, B-U-R-N-E-L-L Washburn. Um, I'm sure you can put a link to that in the show notes. I'm also on YouTube. If you just search my name, I have a YouTube channel where I put out a lot of music and my podcast and a lot of inspiring stuff. And then I'm just on like Spotify and iTunes and all those places for my music. Awesome, bro. Thank you for being on. I'm excited for uh, future episodes. Yes, sir. Thank yeah. you so much. It's been really an honor and a privilege to just sit here and be present with you and have a nice conversation and get to connect with you deeper. So appreciate Feelings you. Feelings mutual, my friend. So uh, yeah, Ty Light Walker signing off. Burnell Washburn. Peace, guys. Shoot.